0: So we have had uh, a terrific day so far, uh, compact agenda, great attendance for all the, uh, the panels. And we are now coming to the last, but definitely not the least of the panels for the first day. Uh, this particular panel uh, is on partnerships, alliances and industry initiatives, and how we foster collaboration among stakeholders. Uh, so Nicholas Makar of International Registries uh, is going to moderate uh, a distinguished panel. Uh, I'm very proud of this panel because I think it covers uh, exactly the main uh, initiatives taking place in the industry right now, fostering uh, collaboration. And we have also Harit uh, Plakantonaki from Starbuck, who's going to share with us how she's navigating as a shipowner through all these uh, initiatives and, uh, and partnerships. So thank you to all of you for being with us. Nicholas, you can take over. Thank you to Knut, Ola, to to much Peter, to, to Seb, to Jose, to Charles, and of course to, to Harris, and the floor is yours.
1: Thank, thank you, Nicholas, and uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. Um, and this is truly an honor for me. Um, My name is is Nick McCarr. I'm the Senior Vice President of Maritime Administration and Regulatory Affairs for IRI, which administers the Republic of the Marshall Islands Maritime and Corporate Registries. It's my sincere pleasure to have been invited to moderate such a distinguished panel on on obviously a very interesting aspect to the decarbonization agenda, which touches on so many issues as, as Nicholas has mentioned. In this regard, I'd also like to thank Capital Link for the opportunity and acknowledge the terrific efforts of the forum organizers in putting together such a comprehensive and dynamic program, bringing together a broad range of speakers of the highest caliber in their respective fields. Since the adoption of the International Maritime Organization's initial strategy on reducing GHG emissions from international shipping and other corollary efforts to achieve related goals, such as Poseidon principles, Many industry initiatives and alliances have emerged to support commitments to achieve those targets, incentivize transition to low and zero carbon fuels, among other measures, and to ensure that the sector has a chance of achieving its 2030 and 2050 targets. Marine equipment providers are developing technical solutions for improving efficiency, Shipyards and owners are making decisions to invest in zero carbon new builds and retrofits and significant investments are being made shoreside in zero carbon and low carbon fuel production and supply. Financial institutions have committed to aligning their shipping portfolios with the carbon intensity improvement pathway under the Poseidon principles and charters have done the same in the sea cargo charter. Clearly a lot of work is underway and now is the time to take action and encourage collaboration. Given the many facets to this complicated and highly uncertain situation, we have here today panelists from a very broad spectrum of perspectives to better understand the drivers behind these partnerships and initiatives, how they expect to make a difference and what this means for the future of business and policy. So before we begin, just a few ground rules. My intention is to uh, allow each of the panelists to introduce themselves. um, As the detailed biographies are already available for reference, I will not introduce each panelist uh, one by one, but instead allow each person in turn two to three minutes to briefly introduce themselves, explain what they do, and elaborate on some key projects that they are working on, as well as provide any opening thoughts on the panel subject. The order will follow as listed in the agenda online, starting with Newt Ola followed by Joe's and so on. After introductions, we'll go into discussion for the remainder of the time that we have available. So, Nuola, please, the floor is yours.
2: Thank you, Nick, and good afternoon, everybody. My name is Knut-Ola and I work in DNB Bank, a long-time shipping bank, and also a bank broadly engaged in a variety of ocean-related industries. Uh, in addition to some other capacities, I also had the role of a so-called corporate responsibility ambassador in our ocean industries division, and I'm spending a lot of time on various sustainability issues and initiatives, in addition to sustainable finance products. I also represent the bank then in various initiatives, such as the ship, responsible ship recycling standards, which is not about decarbonization, but still a very key ESG issue in shipping. Uh, and I've also been involved in Poseidon principles uh, from quite early stage, actually, also in the drafting period, uh, and I was responsible then for uh, implementation in d ESG in general, and uh, the transition risk, decarbonisation, etc., is very high on the agenda in our bank, and is, of course, an integrated part of all, uh, all business decisions. Uh, but we also aim to be a contributor uh, and a partner with industry on these matters and also engage beyond just uh, tracking the risk in our own portfolio and therefore we also engage in other selected good and relevant uh, initiatives such as the getting to zero coalition uh, the Norwegian Green Shipping Program, kind of the Norwegian uh, domestic version of getting to Syria, if you like. And also, for instance, Nordic Green Ammonia Powered uh, Ship Project, No Gaps, which is a proof of concept study for an ammonia powered tanker. As we all know, the challenge for our industry is massive and all hands on deck are needed. So we highly welcome, of course, events like this to bring together relevant stakeholders, knowledgeable panelists, and a variety of perspectives Uh, because as has been said many, many times today already, collaboration is key, not only within industries, but also between industries. I think it's always been a good spirit of collaboration and cooperation in, in shipping, and we can build further on that. Because you know what we see now is this has been taken to the next level, really. Uh, and it's uh, the, the industry response to the, our big challenge is quite uh, interesting. It's also very encouraging and has some uh, interesting aspects. So I can mention three of them. All of them are needed and very much welcomed in order to get good progress on this uh, big topic. First is the one about ambitions. Uh, they are being revised, they are being raised, and they've also been more clearly communicated, which I think is uh, highly encouraging and also very important. The second one, which uh, follows from that, is the issue about transparency and disclosure. And I think Sea uh, Cargo Charter and Poseidon principles, etc., will kind of contribute positively to that. And the third point is, of course, about all this, about collaboration it's always been there but you know it's uh, now developing to to next stage uh, next level and also more firm and concrete uh, michael parker m- mentioned earlier today in the opening session um, there's a quite recent report uh, published by the getting to zero coalition uh, talking or mapping various initiatives. Uh, I think they counted 106 various initiatives and projects and pilots going on on alternative fuels. And I'm sure since the report uh, was released, the, the number is now higher. I find that very encouraging and uh, uh, I remain a, a, an optimist and I always uh, look forward to, to f- good discussions. So I, I yeah, look forward to a good discussion in our panel today. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ola. Um- so Jose, the uh, floor is yours, you're
3: next. Okay, thank you, Nick. Uh, you can hear me? Yes. Great, okay. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, uh, and good evening in some places. Uh, greetings from IMO and I'm extremely privileged to be part of this panel. Uh, my role in IMO is leading the, the new department of partnerships and projects, which is the IMO Secretary General established a year ago, where we are trying to focus more on developing new partnerships and collaborations and implement a large portfolio of projects um, and also to promote and advance maritime innovation. Uh, when it comes to decarbonization, IMO's work, as you, many of you know, in the recent years, have been focused on its ambitious initial DG strategy. Um, and in this context, the discussion IMO also include, which I will be focusing quite a bit today, is the importance of technical cooperation, targeted support to the developing countries, and especially to look at the challenges That some of the small island developing states and uh, these developed countries face. In in fact, this collaboration cooperation should benefit, uh, you know, those countries, you know, how to implement uh, uh, the GG strategy. Um, In IMO, we are currently implementing a number of global and regional maritime decarbonisation initiatives. I'll list a few of them. Uh, One is the EU-supported Maritime Technology Cooperation Centre Network, which established Uh, a network of regional centers of excellence in Asia, Pacific, Africa, Caribbean, and Latin America. Then we have this um, recently new Norwegian-supported Green Voyage 2050 project that focuses on the legal and policy reforms and technology demonstrations, which we will be uh, looking into very soon. Um, We have recently launched uh, a Republic of Korea-funded GSG smart project uh, that aims to train the SIDS and the LDCs on GHG strategy. Uh, and of course we have a, a side project called the Glow Fouling that addresses the hull fouling issues, which is also contributing to the GHG emissions. When it comes to financing, we have a very innovative cooperation initiated between IMO, the European Bank for Reconstruction Development and the World Bank, uh, and started this FinSmart Roundtable Initiative. Basically this is a roundtable that looks into financial solutions to uh, to to address this issue, uh, and we are just in the beginning phase of that. Then uh, something interesting coming up, which is the IMO Singapore Next Gen Initiative, that aims to connect all these initiatives around the world, so we can create a global ecosystem uh, of these initiatives, uh, which we hope to materialize very soon. Um, and we are also planning a maritime innovation forum with the UNEP. Uh, hopefully, that will be in September. That actually to showcase all the innovative collaboration ideas, and also innovations coming out of this collaboration. Um, we just heard that we might get some support from Germany to start a very large project in Asia um, that look into technology demonstrations uh, with respect to decarbonization from the ports, shipping, and the hinterland transport. So this is the background. Uh, maybe I can also say that we have a very innovative global industry alliance for low-carbon shipping, which we started many years back. Um, which actually brings some like-minded industry champions to look into common barriers and see how we can address some of these barriers together. And I hopefully I can give you some ideas later on. Uh, we have around 14 companies around it. Uh, so my main thoughts today, Nick, is um, while the challenge is huge, uh, it's not insurmountable. I think with effective, intelligent use of resources and you know very smart partnerships, uh, I think we can win the battle. But we need a lot more of these partnerships partnerships initiatives that talk to each other, collaborate more, share information, and especially those partnerships that do take into account the special challenges of developing countries and facilitate North-South cooperation and even South-South cooperation, and if you can facilitate that. And, and also it's important to bring not just a few players or uh, we need everybody in the maritime supply chain and the value chain coming together to establish this partnership. There I am, Nick, and thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Joseph. And that's um, um, very well said statements, especially with regard to collaboration and and bringing everybody together. And I think uh, uh, later on, as we have time, I would certainly like to go back to hear a little bit more about the uh, the next gen project as well as uh, a little bit on the GIA. Uh, So now, uh, moving on a little bit more into the R&D sphere. um, Charles, would you like to take the floor next, please.
4: Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, my name's, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night to some. Uh, my name is Charles Haskell. I'm the lead for the uh, Lloyd Register Maritime Decarbonisation Hub, which is a joint initiative between the Lloyd Register Group and its owner, Lloyd Register Foundation, which is an independent global charity that supports research, innovation, and education to make the world a safer place. The purpose of the Maritime Decarbonisation Hub is to accelerate the safe and sustainable decarbonisation of the shipping industry. This is primarily to build on the work we've done since 2016 on several papers that we did in partnership with UMass, which highlights the need for an energy transition in order to halve the absolute amount of CO2 emissions by 2050 compared to uh, 2008 levels. We're currently working with partners to achieve impacts and um, on various um, initiatives. Currently we're members and on the advisory board of the Global Maritime Forum member of the Getting to Zero Coalition and a member of the Sustainable Shipping Initiative, to name a few. We were also one of the um, early leading industry players of the Poseidon Principles. But moving to today and now, we're currently working on a number of interesting projects globally, Um, and, and to mention one of these is the Castor Initiative, uh, which has started as a joint development project between MISC, Samsung Heavy Industries, and MAN Energy Solutions to develop an ammonia fuel tanker. Now, this could have been seen as a normal uh, shipyard uh, joint development project, but it's now also grown to include the fuel supplier, Yara, and also the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore. So the addition of a fuel supply and regulator has added depth to this initiative and certainly gives it a boost in achieving reality moving forwards. As a decarbonization center, I'm also pleased to confirm that we've a project working collaboratively with Merce McKinley Muller Center for Zero Carbon Shipping, which was really showing uh, collaboration between the centers uh, and not seeing each other as competitors in any way. But I think moving forward, we've got to realize that this energy transition is unique. Lloyd's Register is 261 years old, and we've previously been through energy transitions from wind to coal and subsequently coal to oil. In all of these transitions, and if we look at transitions in other industries, there's always a driver. In this transition, we're moving to an unknown fuel, a more expensive fuel, and one that is less easy to store less energy dense and less safe than the options of today. The driver is society and the environmental emergency that we're facing. It's only through collaboration between all stakeholders addressing the issues of investment, infrastructure, supply and safety that this challenge can be overcome along of course with a bout of competition to keep us on our toes. I look forward to this panel discussion where we have regulators, charters, finance, ship owners, classification societies and decarbonisation centres to debate this, and that really shows the breadth of collaboration we need. And also recognising that this is not just a maritime challenge we're facing. All other industries are having the same challenges facing them, and we can have go on other industry panels very similar to this with the same conversations. Thank you, Nicholas.
1: Thank you, Charles. And that was a, I think, a very good perspective as well as the dimension about the drivers, so that we understand, you know, why we are here today. Um, of course, uh, I know you mentioned uh, Maersk, uh, McKinney Moeller and, and, and Mads, but before uh, we go go to Mads, I'd like to turn over to to Seb to uh, give us an introduction of, uh, of of his work in this area. Seb, you have the floor.
5: Hello, everyone. Uh, it's a great honor to represent my company, louis Dreyfus uh, Group, uh, today, as well as the Chicago Charter. Um, as a way of introduction for uh, louis Dreyfus Company, we're a global merchant and process of agricultural goods ranging from grains and oilseeds, rice, sugar, but also coffee and cotton. In terms of uh, shipping presence, uh, we're not a ship owner, but we uh, count a fleet of about uh, 250 vessels on water in great majority obviously operate in their time charter, ranging from small handies to Newcastle Max. So all in all, we transport roughly 65 million tons of bulk cargo. Um, having been the company for 18 years, I must say that um, it's, it's a pleasure to see history accelerate and ourselves embracing it, especially over the course of the last four or five years. We are uh, very keen uh, on this gradual transformation of our operations. Uh, with a strong focus on decarbonization and digitalization those are not just two buzzwords that we put together next to each other they're actually very interlinked and intertwined and it's fascinating to see uh, to, to, to the extent of which um, so not only it was it was not just a reactive uh, move uh, from uh, the pressure from external stakeholders but also it was definitely uh, um, um, an endogenous uh, symbiotic uh, impulse from the new generation of traders and the uh, uh, colleagues that are joining our group as well as a strong mandate from our board. Um, today, we are definitely on the same boat and this is not just a, a funny metaphor. Uh, it's actually a, a very concrete, a true representation of the joint efforts necessary between uh, ship owners, uh, ship managers, and charterers in a way to optimize jointly the asset that we have under operation. So to move the needle, we definitely need to collaborate, um, share ideas, cross-educate, have cross-empathy be less antagonistic, although it is a very competitive uh, market out there, of course, but only uh, resilient shipping can uh, take us uh, through uh, this uh, historical uh, industrial revolution ahead of us. Um, as far as uh, our way to work, we are animated by uh, this uh, spirit of collaboration, but also uh, uh, a very rigorous, uh, I would say science-based uh, approach on uh, each asset that we wish to uh, to operate and uh, and optimize efficiency upon uh on the vessels and that's why we we like to measure we we like to say that if you can't measure it you can't improve it and that's very true and that's why uh, we fully uh, Uh, embraced uh, the Chicago Charter that uh, came as a a great uh, continuation of our three, four years of emission reporting. We are willing to learn. We want to report uh, on a harmonious and coherent framework, our uh, emissions, but also understand what is leading to those emissions. We want to to go through the causation chain so that together with our ship owners, we can uh we can identify the, the best way to optimize uh, the fleet and i will stop for for this uh, long introduction thank you.
1: Oh, well, that that's fine, Seth. So thank you very much for that. And and certainly, I think we we'll, we will try to dedicate some time to talk a little bit about um, both the Poseidon principles and sea cargo charter to some degree, even though at a high level, in how that relates to the various initiatives that are underway right now. So thank you for for teeing that off. Um, and next, as promised, uh, we'll go back to you, um, Mads, to to explain a little bit about uh, the Maris McKinney Muller Center.
6: Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Mass Peter Sacco, Head of Industry Transition at the Mass McKinney-Müller Center for Zero Carbon Shipping. Um, the center is an independent, not-for-profit, self-owned and mission-driven research and development center. Uh, the mission is very clear. We want to be a visible and driving force in the decarbonization uh, of, of shipping. So it's a, it's a very simple uh, mission that we have. Uh, we're building it on, on global partnerships, Uh, where we have all parts of the shipping ecosystem uh, represented uh, at at the center. Um, The 15 partners that we have on board already now, uh, they are global companies and organizations, and there'll be uh, quite a lot more coming on board over the next uh, months and quarters. Uh, We we will be building up uh, a a team of about 100 uh, people, researchers, uh, chemical engineers, naval architects and specialists in fuels and, and shipping. Uh, and, and that will happen gradually uh, over uh, the, the next year or so. So uh, a big resource you could say with the sole mission of decarbonizing uh, shipping. So, uh, so it's going to be a very exciting uh, year that we have ahead of us uh, as we get these uh, research and development programs uh, rolling uh, with the great help of, of our partners. I think the most people are underestimating the challenge that we have ahead of us. We have a almost a billion tons of CO2 emissions that we need to to get rid of. Uh, we're burning 300 million tons of uh, fossil fuel uh, on, on 70,000 cargo vessels at this point in time. Uh, and even then we have growing uh, world trade, which is a good thing, but that means that the traded volumes and the need for transportation is going to grow a lot over the next couple of decades. And at that you know during that period of time we still have very significant spreads between the cost of zero carbon fuels and the fossil fuels. So this is not going to happen by itself. Uh, And no one can do this alone, and that's why we need uh, the partnerships and the alliances uh, at an unseen scale so far. Uh, It requires that we will have new business models, so we can better distribute the, the risk, and it requires a very intensive investment into research and development projects. So uh, even though that, that you've already heard about a number of alliances and, and some may think that do we have enough already? No, we surely don't. We need many more uh, alliances to to get this uh, to, to happen. Uh, we need much more attention to the issue of decarbonization, many more resources invested into it um, so that we can activate the the, the crucial uh, levers that will make this happen. We need technical development. Uh, we, we need some... Uh, authorities to do the framework uh, around uh, shipping that will incentivize uh, decarbonization. We have to mobilize the financial sector to make sure that the zero carbon technologies are financed instead of the old fossil fuels. Uh, We need the customers to assert pressure and demand uh, decarbonized shipping uh, and we need some industry leadership where a number of players in the shipping sector are showing that this is the way forward and committing themselves to do it with very tangible and visible targets. So uh, I think we're seeing that momentum building. So I'm very optimistic that uh, we can indeed make this happen. We can show it to the world. Uh, and this, I guess, also was was, was asked for uh, uh, by Magda Kupczynski in some of the earlier sessions that we need large demonstration projects across the shipping sector to show that it's possible. And then the regular support is going to happen afterwards. So uh, thanks a lot for, uh, for, for the floor and for a few minutes and uh, back to you, Nicholas.
1: Thank you, Mads, and I'll. Um that's a very compelling uh, viewpoint as well. And I think does, does really capture the theme, you know, quite nicely here. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, I'd, I'd like to turn it over to the ship owner on our panel. Um, Harris, uh, you, you have the floor.
7: Thank you, Nick. And uh, thank you to the Capital Link team for inviting me to speak here today. I'm Harris Plakantonaki, and I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Starboard Carriers Corp. We're the largest U.S.-listed uh, dry bulk shipping company, and uh, we own and manage a fleet of 128 dry bulk vessels. Now, under my capacity as a Chief Strategy Officer, I oversee, among others, the sustainability strategy of our company, and of course, decarbonization is a core priority in our strategy. As a company overall, we have uh, a vision to be leaders in uh, sustainable dry bulk shipping, and. Uh, This vision is reflected in our ambition to be front runners in the industry's efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Now, in order to work towards uh, this ambition, we have identified four specific pillars, four goals to achieve our vision. The first one, um, and uh, as Sebastian mentioned, the importance of measurement, uh, our first goal is uh, the accurate and timely monitoring of our fleet's emissions. We believe uh, it is absolutely necessary to be on top of your data in order to be in a position to improve them. And as as Knut mentioned, the importance of of, uh, uh, being transparent, we are also committed to being transparent about our emissions data. And in that respect, we we disclose our emissions data in our annual sustainability report, uh, where we report every year our carbon footprint, but uh, also other key performance indicators related to emissions. And our second goal on decarbonization is to improve the efficiency of our existing fleet. In that respect, we test and uh, we apply technologies and tools that uh, help us improve the operational and the technical efficiency of our vessels. And and this of course is in line also with the upcoming uh, IMO targets, the the famous uh, EXI and CII targets. Thirdly, uh, we participate in research and development projects for the development of new technologies and alternative fuels. Here internally at uh, Starbucks, we have developed uh, an in-house R&D team uh, and their job is to continuously assess new projects and to stay abreast of uh, technological development on alternative fuels. Indicatively, um, at the moment we're participating in a number of pilots such as uh, uh, a pilot on uh, biof- biofuel blends, a pilot on ammon- ammonia fuel cells, um, a pilot on uh, hydrogen or methane fuel cells in combination with uh, carbon capture technology. Now, our fourth goal, which is also the scope of our panel today, is partnerships and alliances. So, we aim to form alliances with other companies in order to create synergies. Uh, as uh, my, fen- my fellow panelists have already mentioned, it is uh, well understood by now that uh, decarbonizing the industry is a challenge which uh, surpasses the, com- the capabilities of a shipping company. And uh, therefore, as uh, Jose, and Charles, and uh, Matt already mentioned, collaboration among the value chain is required in order to make progress. So uh, in that respect, when it comes, for example, uh, to our goal of transparent reporting, we do support the Poseidon principles. And we provide data from our vessels to a number of financial institutions that we work with. On the energy efficiency front, we have partnered with the technology companies that support us in uh, optimizing the voyage planning and uh, the execution of our fleet. And we also participate in consortiums in order to develop and test technologies that aim to improve the technical efficiency of our vessels. Now, I I already mentioned R&D on zero emission fuels. In that respect, we participate again in different consortiums. uh, We aim to pilot, but also to scale up the use of alternative fuels. Indicative examples are the SIPFC project, which uh, pilots ammonia SIP fuel cells. Um, and also our contribution with uh, technical expertise on relevant projects such as uh, the Hazit works of, on ammonia. Now, last but not least, worth noting that uh, Starbulk is an active participant in the Getting to Zero Coalition, which, uh, as most of you know, aims to have commercially viable uh, zero emission vessels operating by 2030. And uh, of course, this also includes the development of the necessary infrastructure Uh, such as production, distribution, storage and bankering. And uh, again, indicatively, one of the work streams where uh, we are participating is the Motivating First Movers Workstream, which among others explores ways to motivate and uh, to de-risk first-mover investments in zero emission shipping, but also tracks innovation activity uh, around the world. As uh, it has already been mentioned, they have mapped more than 100 projects already. Thank you.
1: Oh thank you for that and uh, and of course thank you everyone for your introductory remarks i really do think that this information does set the tone and the stage, and and really illustrates the 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 interesting aspects about this yeah uh, 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 this particular challenge and and the role that uh, uh, initiatives like this can play. Um, certainly, there are many aspects to consider here, and since since time is short, I think we need to jump right into things. So, so Harris, uh, if, if if I may start with you to kick off discussions, um, I, I I think it would be quite compelling to hear what a company like Starbuck can do to contribute to the industry's decarbonization efforts. And you've already touched on that to a certain degree with the um, the, the fourth aspect that you covered in your introductory remarks. But however, reflecting on, uh, for example, some points that were raised by, by Knut Dole on uh, the number of initiatives that are underway, how do you as a, as a shipping company navigate the, all the various initiatives that are impacting your business and and actually come to a decision on which industry partnerships and alliances to become a part of? Are, are there... Are there specific criteria that you consider during this process? Or are there there certain things you're looking for? For example, um, whether the alliance can assist with achieving your initiatives to be a front runner in certain areas, or if these alliances can provide support in other areas, such as the improvement of the fleet efficiency, as an example.
7: Thank you, Nick. So, uh, as I already mentioned in my introduction, uh, forming partnerships and alliances is a core pillar of our decarbonization strategy. And uh, we appreciate that th- there is so much that Starbulk alone can do, and that uh, we need to work together with other counterparties, such as uh, engine manufacturers, bunker suppliers, uh, classification societies, financiers, etc., uh, to make progress towards uh, the long term IMO goals for our industry. It also worth noting that Starbuck is a signatory to the UN Global Compact, which uh, embraces the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, uh, goal number 17, stipulating specifically the commitment for partnerships. And now as to your question on how we decide which initiatives to support, we are of course supportive of any initiative on behalf of our counterparties, which aims towards transparency and uh, continuous improvement of our emissions, such as uh, the Poseidon principles, we have a good understanding of our emissions. We use telemetry to capture vessel data, and uh, we have an in-house uh, vessel performance monitoring team which continuously monitors the performance of our ships. Therefore, we're in a position to provide accurate and uh, timely data. And we recently started efforts also to participate in the carbon disclosure project, the NCDP. Uh, now, when it comes to consortiums on specific R&D projects, we make sure to assess the technical feasibility and uh, also the expected costs, both in terms of uh, capital expenditure, but also operating expenses before we embark on uh, specific partnerships. And this is where our research and development team comes into the picture, supported also, of course, by our finance team on the cost side. Now, as to the broader alliances on decarbonization, uh, we have opted to play uh, an active role in the Getting to Zero coalition. Uh, which, as you already know, is an alliance of, of more than 140 companies from uh, different uh, sectors, maritime, energy, infrastructure, finance, et cetera. Um, what is the rationale behind it? Um, the getting to zero is an alliance where there is representation from companies across the value chain, which, as I have already mentioned, we to be considered important in order to drive change. Uh, then from each sector, there are leading companies participating and the uh, large companies do have the resources and the networks to contribute. And uh, in our view, this helps to accelerate developments. Um, and then the, the coalition sits within the scope of uh, the Global Maritime Forum where Starbulk is a partner and which uh, from our experience is, is well-organized and staffed with uh, talented professionals. And it, it is not an easy job to coordinate uh, such a large diverse group of members especially on such a complicated matter and, and so far we are seeing very good work on coordinating us and uh, also on, on creating a structure and a framework um, on uh, how best to address this challenge and uh, very importantly how to move from theory to practice. Thank you.
1: Thank you for that. I, I, I know, of course, because a lot of views that have been expressed have touched on how to coordinate activities among the partnerships and alliances themselves. But I would also imagine that within a company like Starbucks, for example, that one of the considerations would also have to be you know maintaining the commitments with these partnerships and being able to coordinate activities in that regard so that's a very interesting feedback on your part and and with that I'd like to um, uh, essentially ask uh, turn it over to, to you Mats, and ask the uh, same question or a similar question and uh, I'd be interested in in your opinion as far as uh, what was hoped to be accomplished by forming the partnerships and alliances, and I know you've mentioned many more are are needed. Can can you elaborate a little bit more on how the the Marisk-McKinney Center for Zero Carbon Shipping brings value to the industry in this regard, and and what have been your experiences thus far dealing with the, the various partners like Starbulk?
6: I think what the what the center can can do for, for the partners and the ecosystem at large is to to ensure that there are uh, engaged a uh, large pool of resources into to real research and development projects. Uh, our partners are contributing uh, secondees uh, typically 3 to 5 people to the center uh, which means that we'll be staffing the projects that we are running uh, with both uh, partners bringing people and also uh, staff from the center so there's already a, a significant pool you could say that that joins uh, those projects and and um, that means that there's no free lunch uh, there will be contributions coming from from both parties and and of course access to a very deep pool of resources it also means that the, that the that we will have you could say very good access to the organizations of our partners and that means that it's it's truly extending the partnership to, to include the entire organizations of, of, of those uh, 15 partners and the center. I think an important thing that, that we would be bringing to the table here is to set the structure up uh, in the right way. Um, If you are doing uh, projects uh, within research and development, you need to make sure that for instance, the intellectual property rights are uh, dealt with in in a proper manner to make sure that they are protected so that the partners uh, can, can contribute Uh, for for real while still having protection of of their rights. And this requires a lot of structuring and uh, and this is very important for for having everybody willing to to contribute and also getting the value out of it. And for us as a center, there needs to be of course a, a, a public component to it. We need to create value and knowledge that is then being distributed amongst the partners but also to the external world so that we can bring the world and the decarbonization forward. Uh, Putting the structure in in, in place in the right way also is uh, with regard to competition law, because we are bringing together partners that are competitors uh, day to day uh, in the trenches. And uh, we need to make sure that there's a, a you could say very rigid structure around how we can interact in those uh, projects uh, to, together so that uh, uh, everything is done the right way. So it, it, it really boils down to, you could say, getting the structure in place in the right way to have significant resources contributed amongst all partners. Uh, and, and I think then you have a, a good uh, starting point. Thank you. And, and
1: Charles, um, naturally, I'd like to, to hear your views as well on this, uh, this sort of fundamental issue and uh, um, see if you have any comments on, on the views that Mads has expressed with regard to value added to the process. And more importantly, um, what are you seeing as well in terms of bringing solutions to meet the decarbonization challenge?
4: Firstly, and going back to Mad's opening comment where he said we can't have enough of these centres and enough initiatives, I I fully support that. The the challenge facing ahead is is very large, Um, so it it is a case of more the merrier. Um, The the approach we're taking uh, from the Maritime Decarbonisation Hub is we're building up a model, and, and we've really broken the challenge down into technology readiness, investment readiness and community readiness. And The community readiness is looking at the policy. So then we've got a good overview of of the challenges and we've broken that further down into looking at supply, uh, the infrastructure, the production of the fuels, the infrastructure, then the shipping side. And from this, we can then highlight where there's gaps and there's a lot of gaps in the industry at the moment to face, but then we can prioritize where we want to focus. And from this, we can then go looking out for partners. So we're very much project focused on partners going out and selecting the right partners who could address that challenge and trying to pull them in and work on that challenge. And in some ways, this is why. So that's that's our structure moving forward. Um, we, we are a smaller a smaller team, um, but I think it's important to note on the alliances that whilst we have the various alliances, um, it, it's selecting the alliances with the right ambition, uh, a high level of ambition, and I think for companies joining these alliances, and how how I put it perfectly, is to be an active member to contribute to them because there's a lot of value within these alliances moving forward. There is a lot of sharing. Yes, we do have competition between certain companies and and we can't share everything, but everything shared is something gained and and it's putting that forward. Um, So the alliances are very valuable, but it's also making sure that we're not duplicating um, effort between alliances and Workstream. Um, and that comes back to the work we're sort of working with MERSC on, is we reached out to them to say, we're going to be doing this work on on, on ammonia. Um, hopefully you're not doing the same because we don't want to both waste each other's time to get to the, either the same result or a very different result. So it's working collaboratively together. So it is about discussion, um, but really choosing the right level of ambition to, to what you're aiming for and then actively participating
5: in it.
1: That, that's terrific and i'd like to hold that point on the um the the bringing the work together i think i would like to try and as you can see how i'm driving the questions to try and wrap up on that point of course in terms of looking ahead but before we do that um joe i I'd, I'd, I'd like to turn to you and um and of course having heard from from mads and charles in their areas um i think it might be a good time to turn to you to see if you could give some examples of the uh, International Maritime Organization's industry Partsh- partnership, the Global Industry Alliance, as you mentioned in your introduction, and, and how, how that partnership is also supporting the uh, decarbonization objectives.
3: Yeah, uh, thank you, Nick. And it, it was very interesting to hear uh, others' views on this and, and just subscribe to many of what they said in terms of more partnerships that we needed. And also, as just said, we need partners who, who really are committed and also can be active in these alliances. Um, IMO's uh, global industry alliance uh, started many years back when we when we started the discussion in IMO uh, on adoption map 1x6 where we have realized that uh, you know it is important to provide a table for in- like-minded industry champions who can come together and discuss what are the common barriers, and where are the low hanging fruits and what can we do together, something about it. Uh, that discussion itself added value. Um, in a way, this industry alliance was a, a unique model where these industry partners can come in every year and they could go out actually after they don't want to continue and they can come back again, but they bring common resources to pull in um, to, to support some more of the action they want to take together. Uh, as an example, what came out of this alliance, I can actually there were many, but the two two things that came to my mind. One is there is a resolution that IMO passed on ports uh, and ports cooperation with the shipping and to bring um, you know uh, the emissions from ports as well. Um, and and what it turns that um, you know it required a close collaboration between ports and shipping and probably focus on port optimization, um, uh, port call optimization. So. We have been seeing a lot of initiatives in the shipping side, and we also saw a lot of ports putting infrastructure side in the ports. But you know, this this port call optimization and, and the related activities were not given too much of you know attention, and there was a big gap there because uh, you know the bunker fuel saving from a port call optimization can be significant. So this industry alliance decided, okay, that's an idea that we need to to nurture. We had ports, we had shipping companies, and we had data providers in the ally. And they said, okay, why don't we look into the operational barriers? It, It is... It is a no-brainer if you just look at the surface, You know why can't we optimize it? But it's not that easy because so many players involved and, and there are contractual barriers involved, there are operational barriers involved, the data communication involved, there's standardization involved, everything is there. And they decided, okay, why don't we come up with some guidance on this? How do we go about it? Can we do some demonstration that this is possible and see what are the benefits of this protocol optimization and then, and feed it to the IMO community and saying that, okay, this can be done this way. So this is a classic example of, you know, how this Alliance came up with some recommendations, suggestions and guidance. Um, Another area that uh, the Alliance focused was, uh, you know, pretty much everybody knew that technology solutions is one side of the spectrum, but we also need to have alternative fuels in order to meet the the targets of the century so you know it's something unavoidable um and and uh, but however it also needs some uh we know that there's a lot of demonstration uh, all going on but there's also a need to look into the to the life cycle analysis to the to the sustainability you know the not just the GHG emissions and there quite a few of these things need to be looked into. I know, Nick, you're already involved in some of the discussions there. So the the, the GIA is looking into that, and they are actually doing industry roundtables around this topic. Um, and uh, they are also uh, looking at the sustainability aspect, um, and uh, they are embarking a study on um, assembling the relevant sustainability criteria of alternative fuels, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can see uh, some very Practical um, studies and 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 solutions and guidance coming out of this alliance, which I think is adding a lot of value. Of course, the many other alliances are looking into uh, zero carbon technologies, and which is very important. And all these things are going. Um, but this alliance is also um, you know looking into some other low hanging fruits and and, and mm-hmm. uh, a, a number of various stakeholders around this alliance. And that brings that uh, mm-hmm. you know value itself. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. And as you say, there's there's a lot of work that seems to be uh, converging in in these various areas. Like you mentioned, the uh, life cycle uh, analysis guidelines, where there's uh, some informal discussions taking place actually earlier today on that very very issue. So. Um, but I would like to do now is, uh, is change gears perhaps because uh, time is marching on and on uh, uh, Ola and and seb um, if, if we could um, what I would like to touch upon now is is of course the probably one of the most significant products of the, the drivers behind the many initiatives you know the, the namely the Poseidon principles and sea cargo charter as to how this relates to collaboration efforts but firstly I'd like to ask you if you can um, New Ola, maybe if you could give a bank perspective on this matter. Having heard, heard some of the other uh, responses to this, how do you see initiatives and partnerships and collaboration from the point of view of a financial institution? Um, where and why do you engage in such initiatives? Um, is it is it only about portfolio risk or is there something more to that? Oh.
2: No, it's not only about portfolio risk we want to be a relevant uh, partner discussion partner for our clients and help them in the transition that that's quite quite obvious and uh, i think uh, as i said that's also why we engage beyond uh, just measuring and tracking and reporting on our portfolio it's uh, key for us to also be present at, uh, at the relevant arenas and the relevant project to understand the issues and what are the what are the options for for the owners and for our clients. you know when we receive the Poseidon data data it's it's just a fantastic exercise it's very time consuming uh, but you know it gives us data we never had before it gives us tools we never had before. but the next step is you know what what do we do with it you know? It's, uh, you know, yes, we can do some quick fixes on our portfolio score by selling out of some uh, some uh, exposures that are uh, high emitters or some sub subsectors that are worse than others. But, you know, the, the plan A here is, is to work with the clients and we really need to deep dive in, into this data to understand uh, the variations, why things are as they are, and also understand what kind of plans and programs our clients have in order to to be compliant for 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 the the future and also you know then also engaging in you know in those arenas and those projects where these discussions take place, you know what are the various uh, pilot projects going on, what are the options for alternative fuels, what are the you know what are the barriers do we need to fix, Uh, you know it's. we will need that extra understanding and we also see, you know, try to then select those where we also can bring something to the table from a financial point of view it's obvious that we also need to change together with industry. We need to adjust our uh, risk appetite. We need to think differently about how to, to measure risk. At the same time, a bank, at least from a pure bank lending perspective, we, we still need a, a business case, you know. So, But, you know, it's uh, how, how can you think differently? How can you look at different models and structures? Uh, you know, uh, Matt's touched upon it initially. It is about uh, thinking, rethinking business model, contract structures, uh, distributing risks as well as returns in a different way than it has done before you cannot just put a new technology of a high cost and high fuel cost and everything just on an owner and his bank and ask them to, to, to go for it you know you need to think differently and uh, we need to be there in the various relevant arenas to, to understand these discussions and what are, what are the options simply
1: Absolutely, I, I, I've come to understand as well that there, there certainly seems to be a breaking away of some more uh, the more traditional um, uh, ways of approaching this. So, um, so along that those lines, uh, uh, Seb, it was essentially just the same question for you from the, the chartering perspective, and um, wh- why do you engage in these igni- initiatives and, and the sea cargo charter in particular? What are your experiences and uh, and and? How do you hope to gain? What do you hope to gain by participating?
5: No, exactly. And I think um, President Principle and Chicago Charter share the same. Uh, goals and, um, and values in terms of uh, accountability, transparency, enforcement, for sure. We, we certainly have different uh, um, metrics used in terms of carbon intensity uh, without going and bore everybody on the details. The present principle is using a very uh, simple, easy-to-aggregate annual uh, uh, IMO uh, DCS data uh, for, through the annual differential ratio, which is the deadweight uh, design. Uh, while we are using uh, um, the actual cargo transported times, uh, so uh, that's uh, a more granular and uh, voyage by voyage, including uh, the ballast uh, leg, which um, again they are not contradictory. I think both are a great help for. Um, uh, for for the shipping community, particularly owners, to differentiate their vessel. Each ship is different, okay? Ship is not a commodity. And that's very important so that uh, we we understand the uh, voyage by voyage, what is the impact of uh, operational efficiency, whether routing or technical uh, efficiency, adding certain energy energy saving device. What's the impact? And once you you can gauge that, it's a great uh, tool to, in the future, maybe either um, use that uh, uh, global uh, framework of reporting, uh, independent assessment, to either do some emission offsets, but then to finance. So eventually, this is the same goal of helping the best technology to be financed. So uh, as far as the Chicago Charter uh, is concerned, yes, we have about 21 members at the moment, hopefully we'll break the 30 at the end of the year. But um, yeah, it's uh, mainly tanker and and dry and wet so far. But uh, uh, that's uh, the approach that I like the most. And again, because we look at, um, uh, we encompass the the ballast leg, it's almost an incentive to reduce that ballast leg by triangulating more and by being even more efficient. So it's a very powerful methodology that I believe uh, uh we will we'll bring uh, more members uh, going forward so
1: thank you for that seven i think you're you're sort of anticipating my next question there and, and and again without without going into the the very boring details of this of course um i i did want to sort of touch on very quickly the the reporting mechanisms and um whether you see is there you know, is there any alignment or possibility for aligning reporting requirements under other frameworks such as the IMO-DCS or, or others such as the UMRV? And, and functionally really, and, and, and Ola, this is a question for you as well. well. We'll have Seb answer first and then have you follow. But can do you think the same data could be used for other reporting frameworks? And, and what have been your experiences from the initial reporting cycles? Where, where do things maybe need to move from here?
5: I will decide uh, uh, in in June and I want to comment more on that. We'll see, but um, for, for sure, it, it, it needs to be uh, used as a global governance uh, approach, uh, so that uh, this doesn't end up to a beauty contest or an emission report that ends up in a drawer, but something that really helps uh, uh, differentiate uh, and uh, brings a uh, better financing uh, uh, to to bring the, the better vessel, but. Um, yeah. Uh, to, today there are two approaches, but they are not contra- contradictory. Far from that, and, um, I'll let uh, not uh, elaborate more. Thank
2: you. No, no, they are very much uh, supplementary. I, I think, and it's uh, it's uh, you know they share the same basis, the same kind of uh, trajectory, declining trajectory approach with the same target, modeled around the IMO target. Uh, then there's a practical side of it, of course. That that uh, that uh, Poseidon is very much then also modeled around the reporting structure you mentioned IMO DCS uh, which is uh, gives us relatively easy access to already verified data you know uh, data ship owners already are reporting doesn't add an additional level, level of complexity uh, it's already mentioned in the in the technical papers of Poseidon principles and the background the documents etc you know the discussion between AR and, and EOI and and ideally you know perhaps we, we could have, have used EOI but you know remember that you know if you look at uh, it's a lot of large shipping banks on board Poseidon if you take that think that the large shipping banks have somewhere between uh, 516 uh, 1700 vessels uh, under the scope of Poseidon you know it's a it's a it's a very big job so you know it's uh, the access to uh, easy access to verify the data uh, while, while a very
5: powerful tool you're
2: right for yeah, the size yeah. totally agree you so, but next step, yes, of course, uh, as I said initially, uh, ESG uh, transition risk, uh, climate risk, now also Poseidon data is part of, of the documentation and, and the assessments done in, in each bank, and it will be more scrutiny with respect to who we finance and what we finance. have the clients we have there's not kind of the plan a is not to exclude uh, everything at once just to to, to be compliant you know the idea is to work with the industry but of course there will be much more scrutiny on any new clients and and the vessels uh, new requests for financing so vessels whether they they contribute positively or not but it all as i said also earlier it has to be based on understanding of it and the underlying drivers you have to understand the specific trades etc because there are some variations that you need to, to 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 really understand to 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 be a good discussion partner for for for, for your client there are some variations in the you know the, within certain sub segments etc so. and and harris if i could uh turn it to you
1: just just very briefly if you um, wish to comment or, or had any thoughts or experiences with regard to some of the nuances with the, the, uh, the different reporting frameworks in this regard.
7: Yes, uh, thank you, Nick. Um, well, as I've already mentioned, we, we, we do um, provide data to the Poseidon principles and, uh, of course, as soon as uh, we're requested, we will be providing data also to, to charters within the scope of, uh, of this, the Chicago charter. I think that for for companies that are already well organized and are on top of their data, uh, companies that are monitoring their vessel data and uh, in in a timely and accurately way and have availability of this information by leveraging technology and business intelligence tools uh, and having teams in place that further analyze this data, then uh, different metrics being used by different stakeholders is is, is not uh, uh, that big of a challenge. Perhaps it's more of a challenge for smaller companies that don't have the the internal resources and the internal capabilities or the technology to be able to to keep track of their emissions data um, in such a real-time way. So so, so for us as uh, being a large company, it's not so much of a challenge. What is more of a challenge is um, uh, if if we look at the broader picture of uh, of sustainability and ESG reporting that uh, today there is no standardization, in the industry with regards to the sustainability reporting for a shipping company and uh, in that respect the, the different sustainability indices that exist in the market uh, request different set of data to be reported this is a bit complicated for us because it means that if we want to be on top of all the indices the sustainability indices that exist out there and for us being a public company these uh, um, uh, these indices are important for for uh, our investors and other stakeholders uh, so, for us to be able to keep track of the wide range of uh, of met- of indices that exist in the market, it is time consuming. So, so ideally, we would like to see some type of st- standardization on the sustainability reporting front uh, in the maritime industry. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, and I realize we're, we're out of time. If I could ask the indulgence just, I, I would like to circle back to jose for one final comment to um, obviously hearing about all the various initiatives and the, and overlapping work, and hopefully this work not being in isolation, although from Charles and Mads and others we're hearing that there is some collaboration going on in place. Um, what are the IMO's views on ensuring these initiatives talk to each other and drive towards the common goal? And then with that, I think we, we we have to close unfortunately
3: okay thank you nick um thank you for asking the question and i think that's a the central theme of of this now it is very really encouraging to see a, a lot of these initiatives are you know coming up in, in in many places and a lot of that is focusing on technology solutions uh demonstrations etc um and within these initiative there are many collaborations happening but when we look at the globally, uh, there are a lot of these clusters of collaboration happening. And, and the, I think it would be ideal if we can all bring those initiatives in a global ecosystem of recovery initiatives and these collaborative initiatives talking to each other. Um, and then soon then we can see where are these gaps, you know, do we have enough collaboration that supports you know, technology transfer or are there collaboration, uh, you know, that actually support some other demonstration projects? Are there collaboration that support training aspects? You know, uh, uh, that they, soon we will start seeing where are these gaps if we have this global ecosystem developed. So it is very, very critical that we all start thinking about this as a global ecosystem of initiatives and getting connected, getting talked to each other. IMO, we have a plan and we have been discussing Singapore and hopefully it'll be materialized soon. Uh, this initiative called the next gen, Uh, the gen stand for green and uh, efficient navigation. But the whole idea is to connect all these various initiatives that is happening. We need more of them, but we can connect them uh, and then start some kind of a discussion uh, across this initiative so we can find synergies and collaboration opportunities. Um, We please tune in for the next week, Singapore Future of shipping uh, conference on 23rd which is actually next friday uh, uh, where there will be a discussion on this next gen um and and we are hoping to uh, start this with uh you know uh, developing a platform where we can all come together so certainly coming back to the original point we need more of these collaborations but we have to have some kind of a mechanism to to make it happen and that's probably what the next gen uh from an imo point of view will aim to do thank you so much
1: Okay, thank you. And uh, Nicholas, I realize we're we're at the end of our time, uh, but as as you can see, it was a I thought it was a very informative and fruitful discussion on this, and, and and clearly it's it's shown it's shown the need for partnerships and and the importance of active participation in these partnerships, as well as the significance of of taking the next steps to take these concepts and, and bring forward realities and to actually achieve outcomes by coordinating their efforts. So those at least were my, my takeaways from this. And I, I thank you again for the opportunity to, to, um, to, to moderate this, this very, very, very interesting panel and uh, turn it back over to you. Thank you again.
0: Well, I, all I would like to say is that uh, thank you and to all of you and to you, Nick. Uh, it's been a great uh, discussion very insightful very topical so again thank you very much and uh, it was a a wonderful way to close the first day Um, we look forward to tomorrow's uh, agenda so thank you very much again and enjoy the rest of the day thank Thank you thank you. Thank thank you thank
3: you thank you all hi everyone thank you